Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So I get this text moments ago from Bo Deedle. He goes, hey, Sid, did you get an invite to Mar-a-Lago for Donald Trump's Christmas party? <laughs> I got an invitation. I thought he didn't make a move without you, Bo. And this is why every time Peter King and Bo Deedle come on the show now, I have to deal with reams and reams of messages from folks that hate both of those guys because they feel like they stabbed Donald Trump in the back, even though neither one did. I'm on record defending both of them. Both admit he was a great president, but they bring up fair points. That these days, even a poll today, USA Today, Ron DeSantis is up 23 points on Donald Trump. So clearly Peter King and Bo Dietl are not alone. But Peter, you do realize that every time you post now on Facebook or all those wonderful posts you do, Instagram, a lot of the messages are nasty because you don't uh, profess your love for Donald Trump. Yeah, Sid, I, I disagree with that analysis. I think I'm becoming unpopular because I'm on your show. <laughs> I mean, I think that, uh, I, you know, this is I killed by association. Uh, but I still like I Trump. No, it can't be. I still like Trump. That's what Bill said no. earlier. <laughs> no, actually, I actually, Sid, you're amazing. How's that? Uh. <laughs> Listen, uh, Bo Deedle and I, uh, again, we share this. Uh, I have great regards for President Trump. When he was president, I worked closely with him. Uh, he was very good to me personally. When I had illness in the family, he reached out. I went to the boxing matches with him at the Square Garden. I was with a number of t- uh, times with him on Air Force One. And, you know, those are just personal. But as far as governmental, he came into Long Island. And he was the one who uh, stopped MS-13. They had had 25 murders in 18 months once he got involved. And he really got involved heavily with all the uh, apparatus of the federal government. Uh, there's not been one murder by MS-13 in what was my congressional district in the last five years. So, no, he did an excellent job, but sometimes you can wear out your welcome, and starting uh, with the fact how he wouldn't concede the last election keeps that going for two or three years, and it's always some side issue. Rather than talking about his key achievements, he's still talking about whether you know votes were stolen in Detroit. Uh, now, yesterday he's suing uh, you know, the Pulitzer Prize Committee for the— uh, they're giving out the uh, prizes for the uh, Russia hoax investigation. By the way, he's 100 percent right. That was a disgrace, that Russia investigation. But him just making a lawsuit out of it makes it all personal. And, you know, there's so much he could be talking about and discussing, but it always comes back to him. And that, to me, is uh, it's going to hurt him in the election. Now, I, I agree. I think DeSantis would be a strong candidate right now. But we don't know. I'm not uh, – now, lining up with DeSantis yet because no one knows how you're going to uh, be when you go from off-Broadway to Broadway, when you're going center stage, when you're going from you know, AAA to the major leagues. Uh, so uh, we have to see how DeSantis does, and there's others. There's, you know, there's Tim Scott from South Carolina. There's Nikki Haley. We can get down the list uh, you know, of good, really good, solid candidates, potential candidates that are there. But I don't think we should lock ourselves into Donald Trump. And I still feel in the last election, 2022, we should have done much better. 
uh, by him, again, making himself the center of attention the last week, basing his support on whether or not people or uh, whether or not candidates thought the 2020 election was rigged and all that. It was all about him. And there were so many other issues out there. We should have been discussing important issues like crime and inflation. I think everything you're saying is fair. I really do, Peter. I I remember when my uh, my late partner, my dear friend Bernard McGurk, uh, said to Anthony Scaramucci, you, "You're dead to me," which I thought was silly. Uh, Mooch will be on Friday, but I understand where Bernie was coming from. He's mad because you know he, he just, Mooch has a fight with Trump. Blah blah blah. You're dead to me. Is Trump dead to you? Is there any way that by the time the primary comes along in 2023, 24, that you would change your mind and vote for Trump, or is he dead to you at this point? That's it. No, first, I would, I would never say Donald Trump is dead to me. He was too good a president, and he was too good a friend, really, for me ever to say that. No, I would just say that right now it would be hard for me to support him. I would certainly support him against any Democrat that's out there, and it depends on who the Republican is. Listen, if the Republican doesn't measure up, then you, you know, I would have to go with Donald Trump. But right now, I think DeSantis deserves a shot. I think Tim Scott deserves a shot. I think Nikki Haley you know, deserves a shot. Again, you have the auditions. Let them spend uh, 20, you know, 2023 letting people get to know them. And then, let, you know, let the people decide. I mean, right now, there's no doubt Ron DeSantis you know, is the flavor of the month. But again, you don't know how it's going to be. I'm old enough to remember when Ed Muskie was going to be the Democratic candidate. Yeah. Jeb Bush was going to be the Republican candidate. When uh, the governor of Texas, Rick Perry, was miles ahead of everybody in the polls. And again, it's once you're out there, it's a different stage. Donald Trump showed he can handle a national stage. Others have also. But I don't – again, we have to see what happens next year. And uh, so rather than being anti-Trump, I'm just saying it's time for Donald Trump to admit that he, admit that he made, I think, serious mistakes in 2022, to admit that he should stop talking about the 2020 election. Now, you know, there's so many legitimate issues he could raise about the 2020 election, which doesn't mean it was legally rigged. But that, all we know about Twitter and Facebook and the collusion that was out there. But that's, that's, that, to me, is an intelligent discussion to have as to how we make our elections fairer going forward. Rather than talking about people smuggling in boxes of, you know, mysterious votes in the middle of the night. And it's just, again, he's lost a lot of credibility on that. But anyway, no, hey, there's a long way to go. And, long way to go. You know, let's that see what happens. True. Right. Peter King, the great Peter King, joining me here as he does every Wednesday morning. And uh, this is a great segment. You know, Peter, people like you, a lot smarter than me, have said, I'm not an impeachment guy, going back to the unfair impeachments of Donald Trump. Uh, but now we hear people like Kevin McCarthy, other Republicans, they want to impeach everybody, Biden, everybody. Uh, and Mayorkas is a name that keeps coming up. When you look at the crisis on the border, I know he's in El Paso now, Mayorkas, but the truth is he's done nothing. This administration's done nothing. Title 42 is about to end. You worked with Homeland Security. You know what this means. Terrorists, drug dealers, rapists, awful people coming by bigger numbers into our country. I have to tell you, even though people like you, smarter people say I wouldn't impeach him, I would. I say impeach Mayorkas today. No, what I've said is I don't believe we should be talking about impeaching the president. To me, that that is the last, last step we should have used. I was against Clinton's impeachment. I was against the Trump impeachment. No, I think Mayorkas, it would serve a purpose to have an impeachment. I think it's the only way we can get a real discussion on immigration. The fact is, not only is he doing a, a good job, He's almost intentionally doing a bad job. I mean, this administration has made a point of saying what they're not going to do, either that or denying if there's any immigration issue whatsoever. So to me, that is such a dereliction of duty, and this is a national crisis. It really is. I think that impeachment proceedings would be justified when it comes to my office. But we can't be talking about impeaching everyone. Also, with the investigations of Hunter Biden, it's important to do them. We can't be out there every day talking about them. We should build a case and then come out. Otherwise, 
people are going to get tired of it. And I'm not even saying this from any moral or uh, governmental point of view. Just from a political point of view, people are tired of all of the yelling, screaming back and forth. I think it's a real strong case against Hunter Biden. There can be a strong case against Mayorkas. We should build it, but not be over-dramatizing it until we have the evidence that's there, until we can prove it, not just be going on every talk show and, and talking about it. Because, again, I think American people want to see that we can deal, that we do have answers to inflation, we do have answers to crime, and we have constructive answers to uh, you know, the border crisis. So, yeah, it's, to me, do it with a certain bit of restraint, and then when it's all there, go all out. You know, I often wonder what Peter and Rosemary King are doing in New York in the cold weather months. Your beautiful daughter Erin, for example, lives down in North Carolina. You've got all that beautiful real estate in Florida. you got a condo on the beach. And then it occurred to me, you must have lost a ton of money with uh, this uh, Bankman Freed guy. Is that true, Peter King? <laughs> Actually, I gave it all to Scaramucci to invest. I have to find out what he did with it. I don't know. He's coming on Friday morning. I'm going to tell him, what did you do, Anthony, with Peter King's money? Uh, are you interested in stories Actually, like this? Let me just say, I'm just saying it's, you know, the poor mouth. I, I've never owned a share of stock in my life. I've never been involved in that. I'm one of those simple Irish guys that lives on his paycheck. I wish I had a place down on the beach in Florida. All I have is my house here in Seaford, which I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to live in. Uh, but, uh, no, I... Uh, uh, I, I Actually, visiting my daughter at Christmas time. She's down there. She's living the good life in North Carolina. Yeah, it's beautiful there. And, you know, Danielle lived there for 14 years in yeah. Charlotte, not far from where your daughter lives right now. So it is a well, beautiful I state. Something yesterday. I, I, I sort of told this before, but it happened again yesterday. I was at a fairly important business meeting, and different people were speaking. At the end of it, the guy running the meeting asked you know, everyone to give their comment on what happened. And this woman sat next to me, Nancy. You know, she says to me, I love you on on, on uh, Sid and Friends. Now, this was a discussion involving millions of dollars and all <laughs> deals had to be made. When she got a chance to talk, she was talking to me about Sid and Friends. So I'm, really, I'm fed up. Now, I'm not a narcissist. I have some kind of an ego. I'm not of my own existence, not just being known as a, a friend of Sid. Well, at least you're a friend. That's a big deal. I mean, you know, how many people have asked me the last couple of weeks how to become a friend? And what do I say? Who are your friends, Sid? I go Bill O'Reilly. I go uh, Bo Deedle, Peter King. Even Mark Levin, the great one himself, asked me yesterday, how do you become a friend of Sid? And I put you at the very top of the list. <laughs> yeah, but it's good, but it's bad. I mean, I'm proud to be a friend in a way, but I've lost my own identity. I'm just, uh, oh, yeah, there's that guy walking down the street. He used to be a congressman, I think, but now he's a friend of Sid. Yeah, you have, you've lost, you've I lost nothing. I've, I've been to events with you down at the uh, the Brooklyn Cyclone Stadium, September 10th, which is a beautiful event every year, 9-11 event. People love you. Been out to eat with you. People love you. You've lost nothing. You're still one of the most popular, and deservedly so. You, you were just a tremendous asset to Long Island, to New York, to this country for so many years. And that's why when I bring up Kathy Hochul, and there is a poll in today's paper that says close to 60% of New Yorkers feel like she has not made New York safer and feel like she has not made New York a place where we should stay. Close to 60%. Those got to be horrifying numbers for a guy like you, Peter, who devoted your life to this great state. Yeah, they really are. And my question is, where were these people on Election Day? I mean, it's almost like now they're complaining afterwards. I mean, the fact is, all of this was out there. Lee Selden laid it all out. Now I see in that same poll, Lee is much more popular than she is. But why didn't they show that on Election Day? I hate to say it. Maybe you get the government you deserve. I mean, all these people are complaining. The fact is, Lee Selden laid out such an alternative proposal. He ran a solid Republican campaign, not just anti-Hokal. He laid out what she was doing wrong, but what he would do. 
how we would combat crime, how we would address all the different issues around the state. And somehow people just out of a knee jerk, they voted for Kathy Hochul. And uh, so I would just say, I just wish people keep this in mind when the elections come around. You can't have it both ways. You can't say, hey, so-and-so is doing a lousy job, but I guess I voted for her anyway. That's no, a great so this point. Is, uh, yep. Yeah, we really got to get out there and we got to work. And I, again, I give Lee all the credit for the race that he ran. And I guess it's some consolation to him to know that just a month after the election, people think he was right. But too bad they weren't there uh, you know, on November 8th. 60 seconds to go tomorrow. We're going to we're gonna devote six hours between uh, 6 a.m. and noon to this radiothon for Frank Stiller, Tunnel to Towers. And you, Peter King, were the most important, the most important. I know John Stewart was there, too, but he's not a politician. You were the most important politician in making sure that people who suffered after that day, of course, uh, received monies for like 100 years. So tomorrow is a big day for the radio station. It's a big day for Frank Siller. It's a big day for the military and all those heroes. But you played a vital part in making sure people never forget 9-11. So tomorrow must be a big day for you, too. No, it, it really is. And by the way, Frank Siller is an American hero. Thank God he keeps reminding everyone what happened on September 11, uh, 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 9-11, September 11, 2001, what a horrible day that was, how America fought back, how New York fought back. And all those uh, people, all the terrible injuries and deaths that are still occurring today from 9-11. You know, Frank Siller is a great hero. The people who died that day put their lives in the line. They will always be American heroes. Whatever I did, I was proud to do it. It was the least we could do for the men and women to put their lives in the rest, uh, again, on the line for the rest of us. But, again, Frank Siller, what a hero he is. He keeps going. Low-key guy behind the scenes. Just a wonderful American. You are, too. You're a real hero, a great American, a great patriot, and I love you to pieces, Peter King. Great conversation, as always. Enjoy your Wednesday. Thank you so much. You're great. And you're a great narcissist. (laughs) Yes, I am. Add Peter King now to the list with uh, Brian Kilmeade and Frank Morano and thousands of people on Facebook. They love that word these days, narcissist. I don't know. I thought people wanted to be better and wanted to compete and not a trophy for everybody. I thought that was a good thing. I know Peter's being sarcastic, but folks aren't. They get... I don't think he was. <laughs> oh, maybe he wasn't. He wasn't. No. <laughs> <Idiot>. <laughs> if you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law. Personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800 800- 5600214 for a free consultation or email at info at gabolaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.